Welcome to Netfront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon at the Post Dispatch, joined by Jim Thomas and Tom Timmerman, our intrepid beat reporters. And guys, our heroes, just one regulation loss in the span of 10 games, a really emphatic victory at uh, Dallas that left Rick Bonus, the Stars coach, in a sour mood. And, and I'll start with you, JT. That was with, with half the team up from the HL. They look like the Blues. They physical, big. Jammed the net a bit and uh, deactivated, got good goaltending. It looked like the Blues. It, it really, uh, there were some flashbacks to uh, not just the cup year or the second half of the cup year, but the kind of how they played in the 19, uh, excuse me, 2019-2020 uh, season before uh, the pandemic shut things uh, down. And my gosh, uh, the Chief was, was even happy after the game. So it was... Uh, it was quite a uh, quite a sight to uh, uh, to see from the uh, the Springfield Blues, and maybe for him it was that fact. There's there's not a game the very next day, so there was a little bit of time, and with an off day uh, for the team Wednesday to to kind of savor this one a little more because uh, Chief has been very much in a okay, it's time for the next game, time for the next game, and so he's not been one to savor successes, but. Two days off between games and the same opponent, maybe this was an opportunity uh, to do it. Maybe the Chief can get out and have a nice meal tonight, catch his breath, refocus, you know, maybe go for a nice little walk on a, on a, on a nice night and, uh, and get right back <laughs> to the sawmill tomorrow. But uh, take a little break there. And, but, man, that was, uh, that was definitely some, some, some Chief hockey, uh, JT. And, uh, uh, you know, um, Gotta, I gotta start off with he didn't score, almost got an assist. Uh, Torobchenko, you know he is. Uh, what did they do to him in Russia? I mean, he he has not stopped growing. I mean, he is. <laughs> I, mean, I, I look back and he was about six three when he when he first made his appearance here in the SDL at like a prospect camp, I think. And he's like six six now, and he's just massive. I mean, what are they doing there? This this team looked like like a football team out there. Yeah, yeah. I it's weird. Depending on which website, all reputable websites, uh, he's anywhere, Torpchenko's anywhere between 6'3", 187, and 6'3", I mean, excuse me, 6'6", 220 pounds. So uh, you figure out. I think he's probably closer to the 6'6", 220. And, yeah, that line with, uh, especially with he and Joshua, Peck is smaller, but 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 he's, he's, he's feisty. Uh, it was it was it was fun to watch, and it was chief hockey. And I think maybe one of the reasons he was a little happier, besides, you know, not having an extra day between games, is I, I'm sure Baruby has a lot of respect for Dallas and the way Dallas approaches the game, fundamentally sound, uh, sound tight defensively, and to beat a team like that uh, is really uh, gratifying. I for the life of me, I'm still wondering how they're doing it. I know there is something to be said for uh, hungry players, uh, players getting a chance. And at least in the short term, the adrenaline kicks in and it can carry a long way. Now, if they had to go with the same group for the rest of the season, I don't know. I mean, sooner or later, you need talented goal scorers, I would think, like Cairo and uh, Perron. But they, they are keeping it simple. These guys are so glad to be in the, in the, in the league and to, to have a chance. I think they're... Uh, uh, they have no problem with being unselfish. This is my role. Sure, I'll do it. I'll, I'll run through a wall for you, Craig Berube. I'm in the big leagues. 
look at a guy like Charlie, or I guess they're all calling him Chuck Lindgren. He's a guy that probably thought the parade had passed him by. And all of a sudden, I don't know about you guys, but, and I know it's only three plus games in terms of out of nowhere goalies. I've, I've had just a couple flashbacks to Jordan Bennington circa, you know, 2000, uh, January, 2019 with his guys. Now I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's been an amazing uh, three plus games for, for Chucky Lindgren and his sideburns. It's, it's important to have a distinctive characteristic for people to, uh, to kind of glom onto and identify you. And here's a guy with sideburns. Um, yeah, you know, if, if this were to work, it would kind of rethink the NHL salary cap. I mean, the Blues have, you know, <laughs> what, like eight guys making the league minimum now on the on the roster? I mean, it's uh, it's pretty amazing, you know. And, I mean, they had, you know, last week, I mean, two guys, two goalies making the minimum. Who needs to spend $6 million on goalies? Hell uh, no. When you could, you know, play Charlie Lindgren and, uh, and John Gillies and get the same results. Um, yeah, ultimately, uh, though, some of these, these guys have, who have proved themselves uh, over the years uh, need to be back in the lineup for the Blues to be successful. But the fact that they've gotten through these past three weeks since Thanksgiving is, is nothing short of amazing because you know, they, they have been so low on talent. Now, to, to talk a little bit more about the goaltending, there was news uh, as we record this. Uh, John Gillies, who had a pretty solid game himself, probably deserved a better fate, but got the team a point. Just a, another enormously uh, big goaltender, you know, not not wide like Robin Leonard, but tall. Um, he uh, he gets a point. He gets in back in the NHL. He got a contract, and then he gets to go to the Devils and play a little bit because uh, Jordan Bennington's going to come back to the roster. Uh, JT, so good news for Bennington. Good news for for Gillies, who stays in the game. And uh, but I don't think. Uh, to circle back to Lingard, he's, he's going to get a few more games, uh, a few more starts for sure. Maybe not, you know, right in a row, but uh, I can see this guy sticking around a bit with uh, Huso's injury. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we don't really know the extent of how long Huso's injury is, if it's a hamstring or groin, and that's kind of what it looked like. I mean, those things can, can take a, a while, but obviously you got to go back to Bennington, get him in the line. There are quite a few uh, prisoner of the moment type uh, questions on, on the blues chat that, Hey, they can't put Bennington in. They, they got to keep riding uh, uh, Lindgren, uh, you know, until he uh, uh, implodes. And, and who knows, maybe he'd never implode. But come on now, Bennington, he, you did win a cup with this guy. But, yeah, you, you, you can't just – I don't think you just put Lindgren on ice. You, maybe you work him in. Now, to my understanding, the emergency loan guys, if they play as many as 10 games, then they have to pass through waivers. If they pay, play fewer than 10 games, you can send them down without going through waivers. So that's something to keep in mind with Lindgren. But again, a goalie, a backup goalie doesn't play every game. So he's only played four. So they've got a little while for, for Huso to get back. And let's not forget, Huso was playing very, very well uh, before he got injured. So, But I think you... Obviously, Lindgren has shown you, you, you just you don't want to expose him to waivers. You know, you got you got to figure out a way to, to keep him in the organization. Yeah, well, I, it's 10 games. And I don't think it's different for goalies, but there's also 30 days on the roster, um, which is why I think at some point soon we could see Lindgren sent back down and Joel Hofer called up because I think they would like to see Hofer get these games because Hofer is the future for this team at goalie or a possible future. And I don't know that Charlie Lindgren is in the long-term plan. So I wouldn't be surprised if 
sometime or, you know, after Christmas for the first of the year that they make that switch. And if the, if they're out of LTIR and have the room to do it, that, that we see Joel Hofer uh, coming over the team. And that way you don't have to pass Lindgren through waivers and you have your next guy up actually with the team. Well, compared to where some other teams are, you know, like I look at, uh, you know, Edmonton, who Koskinen is getting exposed now and 800-year-old Mike Smith's trying to come back from uh, relapses with his, his uh, battered legs and trying to get back out there. And some of the other issues around the league, uh, it's nice having a, a couple of young guys competing, as, as Tom's pointed out before, a guy that's won a cup. And, oh, by the way, now a guy who's played well in the AHL uh, this year, you know, not a great track record in the last couple of years, but he's played well this year. Uh, and he gives you a sense of security. I don't think they'll be in a rush to subtract any of these guys, given the fact we're in a COVID world and an injury world right now in the NHL, and everybody's losing players every which way, and it's nice to have four guys. Yeah, it, 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 it sure is. And keep in mind, too, you know, who's those contracts up after this year? Not, not as an RFA. He's a UFA after, uh, after this year. So, yeah, I, I, I would think you'd, you'd want to try to find a way to keep Lindgren. And really, if you throw in Colton Ellis now, and Ellis is very green, uh, he's right out of juniors. I mean, you're, you're talking about five guys, but Ellis uh, is a, a highly regarded prospect uh, as well. Yeah, and talking about all these guys, the, the next decision coming up is going to be a Logan Brown decision because he's approaching 10 games. And do they, do, do they have enough guys back down that they don't need Logan Brown and can send him down? Because once you get past 10 games with him, then you, there's a bit more of a commitment that the Blues are going to have to Logan Brown uh, going forward. And then how does that affect the rest of the forward situation, um, you know, up ahead? Yeah, and so, JT, what are we thinking about uh, Logan Brown? Clearly he's skilled. Uh, some of the other Springfield guys who are willing to do the blue-collar work and play chief hockey – probably get more notice because they run around and make hits, but Brown did generate some offense, can make plays, does make nice passes, does have size, um, you know, seems reasonably engaged. Uh, what do we think of Logan at this point? Because man, at some point there's a chance that the blues might actually have a lot of their forwards back and then you got some sorting to do, but uh, overall is, is he a guy that um, can, can finally live up to that pedigree or, or at least stay in the league right now? And, and again, as Tom points out, it's only it's only uh, two games, uh, really one game played before he hits that threshold. Right now, I'm of the mind to keep him. Uh, I, you know, he's not waivers exempt. So if, if he's if he's there for that 10th game uh, you, you and, and you want to set him down, he's got to go through waivers. And I, I think he's shown a little bit that maybe now somebody would uh, claim him again. That That's just my thought on it. So what do you do to clear up a spot? Well, James Neal. Uh, Possibly you move him. Uh, you hate to do this with uh, with with your friend, with your bud, Clem Costin, but he is he is uh, uh, waivers exempt. So those those are a couple of ways you could keep uh, you could keep Logan Brown uh, on the roster. Yeah, I mean, who would you know? Who would you rather lose out of the organization? You know, Brown or Neil? Neil's probably not going to be with the team beyond this season. Brown potentially has years. Played well, I think he, I thought he hit a little slump in there, but has come back up. But he's in a position now where he's playing top line and on the power play. I mean, he's getting every chance he's ever going to get in his career. Um, you know, it's one thing to get that time with Ottawa. He's getting it with the St. Louis Blues. Uh, 
this is a really good chance for him. Uh, he's shown well. And so I, it would be tough for me. Yeah, I agree with Jim. I don't see the Blues risking him on a waiver claim because I think right now, I think we're seeing a lot more waiver claims right now. You look at the wire every day and there's usually, you know, guys are, a lot of times guys just sail through and it's not an issue, but I think more guys are getting claimed. And with everything that's going on, teams are like, we're down, you know, three forwards. We could call up more guys from, you know, from the AHL or we can, here's Logan Brown. Let's take a run at him. Yeah, it's good segue into the issue, JT. The uh, the COVID issue is is not getting uh, better. <laughs> We've talked about this before. We talked about the time of year it is, the, the variant, uh, the numbers increasing, and man, the league is starting to get hammered. We're seeing more teams involved, uh, more games getting uh, postponed, more teams playing way way short in terms of their expected personnel. Um, I think we just got to buckle up. This these next few months are going to be an extreme test. Of, uh, of depth and, and patience by everybody because we are going to just have, I think, a sort of a um, just a mishmash going forward of rosters and schedules. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. And, you know, originally uh, I've been working on that, that, that COVID story for a while. And originally the premise was, why are there more in the NHL COVID cases? Well, the recent data, fresh data indicates that's not really the case. The NBA is really spiking NFL. The NBA, I think the Chicago Bulls were down to like nine players. So uh, it, it's an issue throughout throughout all of uh, the, the the main professional sports right now. And uh, yeah, in, in the colder weather, not just uh, uh, because maybe the virus is, is uh, uh, thrives a little bit more under colder conditions, but just people are indoors more. Uh, they're not outdoors, so they're, they're more exposed to it. So I don't know what the league does other than maybe going back to the tighter protocols that they had last season. I'm not sure the players, I know specifically some of the blues would be crazy about this. I would think the uh, players association would have to sign off on it is just, Hey, rink hotel, home hotel and in back Would the players be willing to do that to, to avoid the exposure. You know, I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not sure, but it, it, it does seem like, uh, and I guess there was a conference call last uh, night with uh, some NHL doctors and the NHLPA about how to approach this. But you just wonder uh, if it reaches to the point where they think about pa- pausing the season. I don't think they're even close to that yet, but it's, uh, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely uh, getting dangerous here, I would say. Yeah, it certainly sounds like they're going to go back to last year's protocols or some version thereof. And I, I really think that after the last time the NHL paused its season, it doesn't want to get near that ever again. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's like, as, and I think as long as the cases stay as simple as they have been, uh, right? Jim, you've studied this more than I, but there's, there's been, there hasn't been anybody that's had a really long-term problem. Everyone who's had it, throughout the NHL, right, has been pretty minimal. This year, I mean, there there are some guys that are still have, I guess they call it long haul, like there's a Vancouver player who's still messed up from last year. But this year, yeah, they've been pretty much uh, back. And a lot of them have been asymptomatic. Like, uh, you know, Falk said he was out uh, walking the dogs and fishing, which uh, I I don't think under the letter of the law of quarantining, you're you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be doing, but... uh, uh, yeah, some, some are asymptomatic. Yeah. So in the post-vaccine world, you know, for the guys that have it, 
it's 10 days and then it's pretty much back normal. So I think at that point, the league's going to say we can we can just ride this out and we don't have to pause the season, but they are going to have to keep, but they are postponing games. We're seeing more and more frequently Calgary just had it happen again. And, and that, and the rules I think are going to make the winter Olympic participation by NHL players uh, a lot trickier and the, the uh, quarantine rules, if you were to test positive while you were in Beijing. And I, I think the, the league has to, I think, relax the cap and just say, Hey, we didn't anticipate even that uh, uh, Bill Daly said, they, they, yeah, they're surprised there's been this many cases, but just relax the cap. Now the Blues, they had to do it the hard way, but they were able to get replacements through the emergency provisions. And you could say, well, they couldn't call up the goalies they wanted. And that's true. But I don't know if we could anticipate Joel Hofer playing as well as uh, Charlie Lindgren has. So, but still, I, I think they need to, they need to relax the cap kind of, you don't need to go back to a taxi squad, but just say, hey, if you have a guy on COVID, no impact on your cap. Yeah, you wonder now how enthusiastic the Blues would be about that. I mean, they, they've had so many guys test positive. They're like, no, okay, we, we got through this. Why should we let, you know, right. the Minnesota Wild or Colorado Avalanche benefit yep. from, from this after we had to slog through it? So, that, I mean, that's going to be, you know, there's going to be a fair play issue coming from the other side. Jeff, if you're Ryan O'Reilly and they say, hey, you're going to Beijing, but if you test positive, some of the stuff I've read, you may have to be there for five weeks. So what do you think, Jeff? Are you going? <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, and not only that, there's some talk like, well, and it won't be a five-star hotel either. They, uh-huh. There's some talk they may quarantine and, uh, people in a Chinese medical facility, and I, <laughs> no, they, and I don't see anybody <laughs> signing up for that. I think the it seems obvious guys with this, the way this thing is going, they're going to have to duck out of the Olympics and use the gap in schedule that they've already planned to play all the makeup games. So they're going to have to be made up here that if they can, because between now and the, what's, what's was supposed to be the Olympic break, I think we're going to see a ton more postponement. So, I mean, just realistically, I know the league's got into early January to make the decision, but you know, barring just a tremendous, um, um, shift in direction with this virus uh, in, in the league. I, I just, I can't imagine the players signing up for it. And ultimately the owners, they've, they've left it to the players, but you know, if you're Tom Stillman, do you want to have a, a couple of your key guys in a, some medical facility in China for five weeks when you're trying to make it in the playoffs, you need to sell those playoff tickets. Yeah. And so. you know, re- rescheduling will be a little tricky too, because uh, from what I understand, a lot of the venues said, okay, no hockey uh, for for this period. We're, okay, we're gonna uh, we're gonna book in, uh, uh, you know, the the the, uh, the monster truck pull or, or or the wrestling or or some uh, some concert, and and it may be a little tough to get some of those uh, some of those dates back. Yeah, Enterprise Center has got uh, Disney on ice, and it's got uh, a bull riding. Um, so, and the bull riding takes a while because if it's a two day event, but you got to haul in dirt and haul out dirt. For that, I think there's there might be ten workable days in enterprise and clean uh, up we'll, after the bulls too, right? Yeah, uh, that's that's not an easy thing. Yeah, well, you know, you play at the family arena, I guess, or you know, and or charge it's, right? Yeah, two, two, well, two hundred dollars a ticket at at uh, at Centene, uh, you can do that. You charge a huge amount of money, but yeah. So these are man, what a complicated situation. Now, getting back to Falk and a, and a happy news. I mean, he. Uh, he felt great, you know, didn't feel any effects from COVID. He just had to sit out. And so he did the fishing thing. We found out that his 
dogs eat um, food that needs to be um, thawed and, and, and warmed up for yeah. much about it. And also that we knew he was a good fisherman. Um, boy, he came back and played well, getting back to hockey. I mean, he had a, just a really strong game at a time with Perunovic out with a non-COVID illness. They needed him to jump right back in. And uh, you know, Preko got some power play time. Falk got some power play time. They did some damage and even strength. So, um, and the other thing on defense is uh, our boy Nico. So between Falk's yeah. return and the way Nico was playing and the way Pareko played in that game. Um, yeah. Again, we saw thought, yeah, it looks a little bit more like the Blues. Yeah, yeah. I, I think even before last night with Pareko, the, the games uh, leading up to it, he was kind of snapping out of his, 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 his funk. Even Scandella to a degree. I do like Scandella better. I think we all do, maybe on the third pairing where, where the exposure isn't as great. But uh, I think we mentioned on the net front maybe a couple of weeks ago that this stretch was key for Mikola to, to show uh, uh, Armstrong, you know, as we, as we approach the trade uh, deadline, that, hey, you, you don't need another top four defenseman. I, I, I'm your Huckleberry or whatever the Finnish word for Huckleberry <laughs> is. Because he's, he's played really well, and you can see the trust being built up in him because it's like five games in a row. He, is, he, he achieved a uh, season high in, in uh, playing time, and uh, that didn't happen last night, but he, he still got like 19 minutes of time. And, you know, uh, and Barubi talked about it. It looks like maybe there's a little something to the uh, Pareko uh, Mikola. I know, Jeff, you, you've, been, uh, you've been high on Mikola for, for quite some time, and it looked like, looks like he's growing into the role. You got, yeah. I mean, he's playing more, and some of that is because, yeah, when you're with Pareko, you're going to draw more shifts, but it means you're they are putting him, they would rather have him play against another team's top line than they would have Marcos Candela going up against another team's top line. So, you know, you, you can measure it just as simple as that. Uh, you, you also you got power play time yesterday, some power play time scattered around uh, Nico. So, that's if he that's you got 45 seconds of it. Uh, in a couple of games, which I'm, which I would not have seen coming because he's not that kind of guy. <laughs> well, look at the look at who's missing from the power play unit. You, you don't have Perron, you don't have Thomas, you don't have Cairo, you don't have Perunovic, you don't have Shen. Who am mm -hmm. I? Who am I missing? I think I'm missing one other. So really, at least that's at least five of the ten yeah. normal power play guys. Yeah, basically are one no longer unit. available. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, on the plus side for for Nico, I mean, he he obviously he's got the build. He, he skates well up and down for sure, and you know, pinching in, he seems uh, willing to uh, to use his size to pinch in. He's not not afraid to join the rush. Not a big, gigantic offensive threat, but uh, you know, at least gives the chief that those two big guys, and he's never going to be Bowmeister. Unlikely, he's going to have a career like Bowmeister, but. Uh, at least it looks like when you have two, uh, two, six, five, six, six guys out there um, lining up against top lines, both guys move pretty well. Uh, rangy kind of gives the chief a little comfort, which he has certainly uh, felt the last few games. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the, the thing with Mikola, the, the thing that it, it looks different this year is his kind of his skating ability. And I don't know if that's something that you can improve that much in one off season, but he, he looks much more, uh, uh, at ease, skating, moving the puck up the, the ice, carrying the puck uh, uh, than I thought. And I, I guess, you know, especially when you're younger, you can always develop your game. It's amazing the ebbs and flows we've seen on the defense. You know, we, we had the, there was the Jake Wallman era 
Uh, but now we've uh, that that's that has subsided. Who knows what the future holds uh, for Wallman? But uh, and Mikula is certainly the defenseman of the of the hour. Now, when we talk about the on, on the offensive side, given all the guys you mentioned that are out, uh, it, it's really coming down to. Uh, and we've talked a little bit about Logan Brown getting to play up there in those minutes, but uh, man, right now their offense is substantially two guys driving play. Uh, Pavel Buchnevich and, and Vladimir Tarasenko. They were both again busy against the uh, uh, against the stars and at least trying to make things happen and and effectively making things happen. And man, you know, for all we came into the uh, you know before the season, wondering what ninety one's future was. Boy, with all the things that have happened to the team, where would they be without these two Russians? Yeah, yeah, and let's not forget Barbashev, who has uh, twenty one points, had a couple assists last night. And I, I think he's only five off his career high, something like that uh, in what, what do they play like 28, uh, 29 uh, games. But uh, yeah, guess who's your blue scoring leader as we sit here right now at the net front for the year. It's Mr. Vladimir Tarasenko, uh, 26 points to lead the team. Buchnevich is uh, uh, has been an outstanding addition. Saad, obviously very good. He kind of comes and goes. He'll be quiet for a few games, then he'll score for a few games. But when you when you put it all together, it's pretty productive. But yeah, it's it's amazing with the exception of the Anaheim game how they've managed to pump in three, four, sometimes five goals a game with this uh, kind of odd assortment. Uh, this Heinz fifty seven of uh, of a hockey team they have going right now. Yeah, Tarasenko, one of only he and Barbashev, the only forwards to have been in every game uh, so far. So. Uh, um, you know, the, the Russians are getting, being instrumental. And there always seems to be another one with Torochenko, another Russian. They just everywhere you look, uh, the, <laughs> the, the bag of Russians, they, they pull out. And there's another one. And there's another one. So, when is Alexandrov coming up? Yeah. 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 Has he got a chance? I mean, he's where's, where's he on the, I wasn't sure when we would get as far down on the list as Torochenko, but uh, I mean, who's, who's next? Is Alexandrov? Who's, who's next? On, you know, oh, who would be the next guy called up? I don't know who's, who's left on there. Alexandrov started out really good and uh, then he got hurt. And then I think he's, he's back, but he's definitely a guy who they think, uh, you know, uh, will be on the, 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 the big club some, somehow in a year or two. Mm-hmm. Hey, our last topic here on the net front this week, and it's, it was a sad note, uh, JT, you were down in, in Dallas for that. Uh, ben, our, our own Ben Bishop, uh, our town's uh, product, uh, former Blues prospect, uh, who's had a heck of a career, uh, went healthy. Uh, he really did some uh, strong things in the, in the league, uh, put up tremendous numbers. And, uh, and, and, and like the Chief said, man, you go back to 2019 and you have that uh, the game seven could go either way. And uh, boy, the stars had some chances. The blues had some chances and back and forth it went and, and Bishop played a heck of a game. And it just, you know, it just wasn't to be, that was his shot to win a cup probably. And um, didn't happen. And then the body gave out and uh, great career, but boy, tough way to end, man. He spent about two years trying to get back in, into form and he just couldn't do it. Yeah. And you know, uh, the, the, Sports science, sports medicine advanced so much that they can fix just about everything. But this is one case where it couldn't happen. I had a choice that in Dallas, there is a media room where you go in like, like we had for a while with the Blues. And you can, you know, you can take part in a give and take press conference. But either that or maybe miss the, the Blues coming out, who's there, who, how they're lining up. So I, I chose to 
just keep an eye on the blues. And his, his press deal was, it was like almost 20 minutes uh, in length, but uh, yeah, Jeff, you're right. Just, Oh, so close. Uh, he, uh, he came to, to, to getting the stars past the blues and into the, uh, the conference finals uh, that year against San Jose and who knows what would have happened. Yeah, uh, I had a chance when Ben was in, playing in college at the University of Maine, I went up to Orono uh, to do a story on him and hung, hung around with him for a day up there. And um, uh, yeah, I mean, just a great guy and uh, a great goalie. And uh, it would have been nice if he could have gone one step farther, but uh, I did just just a great guy and, and really appreciated uh, St. Louis. It's funny, I, in Dallas, they used to introduce him as being from Denver. Um, I guess he was born in Denver and then moved here. It's, or they say from Denver, Colorado, Ben Bishop. He's like, what? And he, he, he admitted, what was that? You know, why? I'm from St. Louis. I want to be from St. Louis, but he's one of uh, ours. But uh, yeah, uh, certainly one of the best, you know, over the past, you know, decade. Well, and two guys, the, it was not easy. You know, he was, uh, he was stuck here back when they had a lot of goaltenders and he did his time in the minors. I mean, he did his full, full course um, mm -hmm. to the point where he, they, you know, was they had to keep him or not. And uh, he moved on because then, you know, he was blocked and, but he did his time. He just kept working on his game. He did, did so in college. So it's a long road, the college game and, you know, time you saw him up there and then the, in the, in the minors and a long road there. Uh, and then he gets his chance in the NHL and, and, it, and it just has to work to get a, a starting gig. Uh, and then, but the good news is, you Jesus. know, he ended up making some money and yeah. uh, played a long time and played on some good teams, uh, you know, fell short of carrying the stars to the cup. And, um, but man, all in all for a kid from St. Louis who grew up here, not Denver, uh, tall goalie at a time when it was a little unusual, um, mm -hmm. you know, He's got to, it'll be a while before he can sit back and be proud, but, but he should. Yeah. And really, yeah. Talk about a big goalie. He was a big guy. He, he, he filled the net uh, very well, but, uh, but also made a, I mean, he was, he was great at making saves and he, it wasn't, he wasn't just one of those big guys who stood there and let the puck hit him. Uh, he did a lot of other things as well. Well, we'll see where uh, all the tall goalies land uh, with the Blues. I mean, we know that Gillies is gone. Um, mm -hmm. Skinny Jordan Bennington's coming back. Uh, mm -hmm. We'll probably see a little bit, a little more of a Lindgren. And so, around and around we go with the uh, with the Blues and uh, and the really the league as uh, we are deep into the uh, the COVID period with the NHL. The Blues though have uh, again just one regulation loss in ten games. Uh, another shot at the Stars on Friday. We'll be back. We yeah, next week's a holiday week, so we're not sure when we'll be back uh, on the net front. But uh, in the meantime, for Jim Thomas, for Tom Timmerman, I'm Jeff Gordon. Uh, a reminder to check all of our podcasts on stltoday.com slash podcast. You'll see it all over the site. Until next time, see ya. Yeah.